right, so Six Flags two days ago, right, which is kind of like a theme park here in Boston, all right? So I'm thinking, right, Why are you talking about? Talking like what? I don't know. You're talking different. He's in, he's in stand-up <laughs> mode, all right, Jeff? I do. That's how you get the story. I put on my radio voice as soon as it starts. That's See, when it's only you talking, like, because, like, we're talking before this as a group, when it's you talking, like, you suddenly hear yourself talking, like, oh, I must adjust that. But anyway, so I went to Six Flags, and I'm like, I've been to Disney World, I've been to, like, Universal and shit. You know what I mean? And I'm, so I'm thinking, this will be a breeze for me. I'll go in every roller coaster, don't worry, I'll be, like, the expert, right? That wasn't the case. Like, I think I left a bit a part of myself in Six Flags. Like, I've been shot. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> I've been. Tra- I actually had like nightmares the other night. Like, they kept me awake. Like, woke me up of like dangling upside down and just being left there. Like, cause the first. <laughs> so we got in, and the first ride we went on is called the Fireball, right? Which is basically like a circle. Like, so if you draw a circle in the air with your hand, all right, that is basically what the ride is, right? And there's a ride carriage, so it just like goes back and forth, back and forth, and I'm looking at it thinking this is easy it's a good way to start the day you know what i mean you don't you don't want to go in like too high and everything's downhill from there right sure so i go in and i, d- I didn't realize this because i was eating food before but it doesn't just like go side to side and then it goes higher and higher and you're up in the air and it just leaves you dangling upside down and i just wasn't prepared for it right in, in my mind i didn't know six flags was like quite a big deal so I'm thinking it's pure some rundown like shit. Yeah, I know it's like M and D's. Yeah, I'm thinking it's like M So I'm like, as we go higher and higher, I'm sort of pushing like the safety bit in front of me, thinking this doesn't feel fucking safe. As soon as I go upside down, it's just going to like give way, and I'm going to fall with the tripod. And I thought about the physics of it, and I was like, if I fall, starts like, your physics. No, no, no. Because I was like, if I fall, if the impact doesn't kill me, the fucking carriage is going to come back down and it's going to run me over. So I'm just like freaking out. So I'm. Everyone's, like apparently I screamed like the full time, like not like a high pitched scream. I think that's why my chest is a bit sore because it's not my throat that's sore, it's my chest, like a really chesty. I was like, ah, like if you're a Scottish man screaming, I'm a Scottish man screaming. Yeah. Like, it must have been oh! the most te- terrifying thing in the whole fright fest event. Like just pure braveheart. It sounded like someone, some English people in the park are just like, I'm coming, fuck. <laughs> English people. No. Oh, <laughs> they're just sitting there like, oh, yeah, fuck. yeah. The mere sound of a Scottish accent, they can uh, kill her in fear. Like, <laughs> oh, this is yeah. But apart from that, the red, and then went in the Riddler and the Batman. They're sort of more traditional coasters, so that was fine. Aye, traditional coasters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know me, like as a coaster aficionado, you know, I mean, it was fine. But then we went in this one called. Uh, <laughs> flashback and it takes you up and I can hear it it looks like a slingshot and I'm looking at the mechanisms and I'm thinking this ride is at least three years old it just doesn't feel right and I'm standing I'm standing up now because I need to like demonstrate it to get my point across even though you can't see me but like you're just this, like bumper car so you're, like, pushing up and it takes you like almost 90 degrees and I'm like like this doesn't feel safe and then Jessica who's the girl behind me she's like seriously guys that this isn't safe I'm falling out I'm falling out like you're panicking and I'm like fuck you falling out stop the legs stop the legs and I'm just like oh. it takes you through and you do the corkscrew and then you go upside down and it does the same thing at the end except this time you're backwards so at this point I'm like I'm gonna die right 
but like I'm just not screaming because I'm just like at this point I'm deadly silent, just like resigned to death. Like not like, <laughs> I'm just like I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it. And then it does the whole ride again except backwards. So you go in the loop backwards, you do the course through backwards all that silent the full time because I'm just like right, I need to get through it. I just need to like buckle down and get through it. Like I couldn't walk coming up for that ride. Like I was like <sighs> So after, so after that drama, yeah. can we uh, talk about Halloween? <laughs> Talking of things that scared David. <laughs> welcome, welcome to First Time Films. Uh, this is the, the podcast where we talk about roller coasters and sometimes movies. Um, joined this week again uh, by a man who hates horror films almost as much as Dr. Loomis hates Michael Myers. It's Jack Higgins. Hello. Um, got AJ Simonton here, the first Scream Queen of First Time Films. <laughs> It's good to see you. And then we've got Ian Shearer. Don't get him angry. We don't want any babysitters getting murdered on this show. So that was one time, ha- dude. <laughs> one time. One time. So one Halloween. Time time. Halloween was released in 1978. The John Carpenter. Uh, who wrote the film with Deborah Hill? The film follows Michael Myers and escaped. Uh, inmate, is that what that says? Fuck my handwriting's bad. Of a mental institution who wreaks havoc in Halloween night in the town of Haddonfield, uh, killing more than a few people along the way. It stars Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode and Donald Pleasance as Dr. Sam Loomis. It was made for $300,000 and it made between 60 and $70 million at the box office. Um, Facebook poll we put out uh, 71% of people gave Halloween a thumbs up, 29% gave it a thumbs down, and it has a 95 approval rating on the tomato meter. So that's that's a pretty good showing. Jack, do you agree with the 95% of people who gave Halloween a positive glowing review? No, absolutely not. No. Nah. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> no. I'm again. so sorry. Uh, no. What happened to people who liked Halloween? Like this whole horror season. Like, I don't know what it is movies. about cult movies. I don't know what it is about cult movies, and the like. They're always just so simple. Everything's so simple in it. So for me, it's it's went from being what everything I hated in a horror and what what I kind of alluded to in the last episode, the Conjuring. It's just so so dry, everything's so predictable, trivial, you're expecting it. So it goes up there for me as probably the, one of the worst horrors I've ever seen. Um, wow. But, yeah. Wow. As a, as a, like, honestly, as a horror movie, as a horror movie, I don't know, I wasn't scared at all. I laughed at everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, well, actually, I laughed in like, in pity of it because it was, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it sounds, like, it sounds like I'm being like, I don't know, really harsh on it, but this, this is, when I'm watching it, I'm analysing it, and if I'm going to be critical about it, this is what I was thinking the whole way through. Like, anytime there was any sort of um, physical, like, violence or anything with the, the, the villain, it was just so pathetic to watch, like, I don't know. Uh, well, AJ, so you don't agree with Jack. AJ, you don't agree with Jack, surely. You weren't laughing the full time watching Halloween. You didn't think this was funny. It's Mike Myers, he's a fool. <laughs> Surely you took this very seriously. No, oh, it was so oh. funny. Jesus. <laughs> yes, I was, yeah. I went, no, it was so funny. Like, see, just his walk. <laughs> I was crying. What? He walks. He walks like a man. He walks so slow. You know when like <laughs> she's running back to the house and he's like crossing 
crossing the road and she gets there in like three seconds has time to throw a plant at the window before he even gets to the pavement i'm like oh man <laughs> well he's been locked up for like 15 years we don't know how much walking yeah, his legs are stuff. Yeah. Like, eating. yeah oh man uh, unless his legs are like made of lead it's pathetic oh ian ian surely you can help me out here you know ian you're on my side you've got to be like as we see sam loomis he said many things about Michael Myers. He said he's he's pure evil. <laughs> you know, he says he's the boogeyman. It's a matter of fact, it was uh, death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Michael Myers, surely, surely you can appreciate the seriousness which this villain must be I, feared. I gotta say, Michael Myers is probably the best part of the film. Like, uh, I think I think he's I think he has a great he has a great villain. But I think we're like a lot of mm-hmm. stuff fall short. It's just like a matter of aging, like. What Jack was saying, like, about how, like, you found it really predictable, I think that's because, like, this was, like, the, like, iconic slasher film, which a lot of these, like, a lot of these tropes would then, like, fall come to. The only thing that's predictable now, because back then that was, like, it's yeah. still fresh. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Still fresh. I do, like, I mean, if I was obviously comparing it at the time, then, I, as you said, I would, I would have difficulty comparing it to anything. So it, sure. it's, at, at its time, it was of its own age. Um, but yeah, I, but I do have to use If I'm going to, if so I'm going to look look back at it, you know, with like look back at it in hindsight with what we've got now, and, and yeah. maybe with movies and series like The Conjuring and Insidious and stuff. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. As horror films, as like actually going to get a scare or get a fright, like it doesn't match up to that. And I think yeah, I can under- I do understand Nicky's point. Like um, I know he's not obviously here, but what he kind of addressed his what he, what he addressed um, in the last episode about um, it being real, like it could happen. Like that is the only thing about it that I like because yeah, I, I tend to I tend to find comfort in movies from realism. Like it makes me think that it's not this big Hollywood business that things just get taken out of proportion and made so far-fetched. I like it when there's a real, um, like, um, real-life aspect to it. So I, f- I think it is creepy, and he's as a villain, he's really creepy because, yeah, he's a psycho, he's a genuine psycho, and the Doctor sort of, I don't know, sort of tries to establish a supernatural element towards him, like, if he's not actually yeah. a man. And I think that's, I think like, that's important. That's a, that, yeah, that is an important point. It doesn't, I don't think it gets established well enough for me because I'm still watching it going, right, well, he was born of a mother and father, so he's clearly human. Mm-hmm. He's not He's not been made, he's not been, like, manufactured. Or <laughs> and he just... Yeah, and <laughs> <he does, laughs> yeah, the end he gets shot, well, five or six times and walks away. Stabbed yeah. in the eye, stabbed like, in the he's neck. He's been stabbed in the artery, like, he's almost pushed the artery <laughs> in his neck just because he's pierced. And he pulls out like it's nothing. So, I mean... Yeah, that's that's the the pathetic part I was talking about. Uh, like with that, yeah, I'd, strong, the, the, I'd strongly agree with you on the point I that. Think, uh, you go sorry, ahead, sorry. You go. No, you find nothing good. Oh, um, the thing I strongly agree on is the the violence is just like mm-hmm. it's really like pathetic. It is really pathetic. Yeah. Really. I mean, it just like it really made me think about how far like movie violence has come, just in terms of, like impact and like how like, effective it is like yeah. to watch because like it just seemed that any time Michael stabbed Michael stabbed someone it just didn't seem it's, like he stabbed them yeah, it's like, even like the sound the sound is off and it's just like mm-hmm. kind of like laughable kind of B-movie yeah the only kind of co- uh, comparison I can make maybe between like UFC like watching the UFC and watching the wrestling <laughs> right? if you're wow. watching a horror film of like nowadays compared to watching a horror film maybe in like the 70s and 80s there's like a real it's like you can tell how fake it is it, it makes it feel less authentic whereas now with all the sort of 
uh, technology they can do, creating ghosts, creating like prosthetics and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives it a more believable aspect and it's more frightening because yeah. it's more detail, you know. It's, uh, I want to interject there for a minute. Um, I feel I'm the most positive in Halloween, like I watched it the other day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not like a bunch of movie lovers, like there was a couple of people who'd only seen this movie for the first time as well. Um, and they were screaming the full way through, like terrified like, of this, like, of what was happening on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny you bring up the wrestling comparison because one of John Carpenter's other famous movies is They Live, starring the legendary late great Rowdy Roddy Piper in probably his greatest cinematic role. And that features like a great violent uh, fight between Roddy and I believe uh, Danny Glover, I think is who he starts oh, really? opposite in that movie. And that's a great fight scene. But mm-hmm. I want to go back to this idea of Michael Myers, the man of the sort of myth of it, because Loomis is like a great tool. And I love, I, I, I think they touch on it just enough. I disagree with Jack that they didn't it sort of explore it enough. I like the, the sort of confusion of it. Is Michael Myers a man or is he is some sort of monster? You know what I mean? But I think that's kind of the point of it. Uh, I'll go to AJ for this because we've talked a lot about Michael, but Michael's not the only main character we have in this. We have Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode, and a lot's been made about how Laurie and the sort of canon of cinema is very influential, how she's the sort of first final girl. Um, yeah. of um, slasher fiction. Uh, how? What did you think of the depiction of Laurie in this movie, especially when you compare to Michael Myers and how these two characters sort of play off of each other? Yeah, well, I think, like, obviously she's meant to be, like, the pure final girl. Mm-hmm. And, like, she, like when I think about it, like, examples of that, she's the first one, even though I'd never seen the film till last week. Like, I, I knew what her role sort of was in it. And, like, compared to him he's like evil and she's like pure and she's like trying to do the best and like she tries to save the kids and stuff like that and I think that I think that's probably like like the bit I found the most scary is when she was trying to protect the kids mm-hmm. yeah and then because she's like trying to perform the role of like a mother and she's like trying so hard to save these kids and like like kill him mm-hmm. and he keeps on coming back and back and back and I think he's just like at that point pure evil yeah and she's and she symbols like a, a like a lust for life and trying to save these kids and all that is good. Yeah, and I think that. Uh-huh. I think that's what's that interesting about her. Bit, yeah. I think it's interesting mm-hmm. as well because I don't know if any of you guys seen the the, the new Halloween. This just came out the 2018 yeah. version, which is a direct sequel to this one. So it cuts How out all. It. The, it cuts out all the sequels in between, so I won't spoil yeah. it. But essentially, like I, I compare this to a game of cat and mouse between Michael and Laurie Strode, where Michael's the one with all the power. And Laurie is just this this innocent girl, like you say, she's pure good. Mm-hmm. Halloween, the new one, the sequel blurs the lines to it. We realise that Laurie, um, in the 40 years in between, she's not as clean cut as she once was. Like, she's been shaken from it. So it's yeah. sort of a game of two, like, tigers yeah. going up against Yeah, she, could, she, she knows she could fight him, she could try and outsmart him, or like... Yeah. It's not even as, like that she's she becomes kind of like Michael like she's almost Ooh. a myth at that point as well like she's a myth as well mm-hmm. like she's not sure if she's the woman Laurie Strode or if she's this myth Laurie Strode who survived okay. like those events years ago and how she did it like people uh, in the town sort of talk about her in a sort of legendary way you know uh, what I mean like it's like she's is she a crazy lady or is she correct like that's what I liked about the, with the sequel did well but what uh, mm-hmm. what the nineteen 19- 1978 original did well they made Laurie Strode like the most likeable character sure. in the movie to get behind because I can't remember who was the name of our friend and you know who I mean the was really it, is it Annie one. is it Annie Annie yeah Annie the, the, the complete prick Annie who oh, like, I think I started on Annie 
Oh, I hate I Danny the, so the, much. The one-handed choke <laughs> followed by the wee, the wee knife to the net, you know. I kind of, kind of had it coming. Uh, that's I was, the thing, uh, like, I was, I was kind of buzzing for it. This, the French girls that I was watching it with were just, like, quite happy that Annie was dead. Like, it got to a point where we <laughs> were, were rooting for Michael Myers to get rid of Annie. And there was so, like, there was an extended sequence where Annie's, like, trying to get her, her clothes cleaned in the... the building out back and she's locked in and stuff and everyone just waiting like yes this is it like she's gonna be our maker but it'll last like 10 minutes <laughs> so actually like, I think it was an intentional thing like like John Trapper was like I'm gonna make this unlikable character and I'm just gonna like like stave off from killing her right away you know what I mean until yeah. eventually Annie finally bites the dust and I'm like sure. so happy yeah. yeah yeah I'm just like so buzzing like yeah because there's like f- 40 minutes of the film where no one dies and there's no violent action and, and the whole time I was like when she yeah. Uh, I was thinking yeah, the same thing. Took away. I would say that could be a pace. That could have been a pacing issue for me. The, uh, mm-hmm. the kind of the the mm-hmm. real hot, the real kind of horror, not really getting in until a good portion of the film. We're talking like almost halfway. Uh, I think like yeah, I feel like, I'm, got, I feel like the, the build, the building, the suspension could have been done a bit better. I don't know. Um, I was just thinking. I was just thinking about it, and I was like, wow, I feel like nothing is really going on yet. Because I loved every time, uh, like he was just standing across the road, like peeking in. Yeah, and I just felt like, I don't know. I felt like there's just like sometimes just these big gaps between it happening. Uh, ah, yeah. there needs to be a bit more. And it was just like, oh, like, I was like, I was like, no, I was like, where's the? Need, there needed to be like a progression from it because it was always like him keeping his distance. It could have been like him maybe being in the house when she was there or something, and then not be, like being able to escape the house. Like, and it just shows how close he can get to her without like, and he can pick and choose uh-huh. it. Um, that would have been scarier for me that rather than always being able to keep like always keeping his distance. She always like, just didn't. She never seemed like she was in danger at any point until the sort of final end scene. It was more her friends that were in danger, who are all just idiots. This is my problem with horrors. Like, there's just no realism at all. No one acts like this. No one, no one, no one starts fucking in your friend's house. Mass, like, you don't just start fucking. No, but you don't just start fucking your friend's house. Not answer the phone. Not, yeah, not do no. anything. Not. To, why does no one turn a light yeah. on in the house? Never. No one ever turns a light on. Because it's, it's tough financial times. Like, you need to yeah. save money and electricity. Right. You can't turn oh, like, the house on because of the small. Yeah, they can't run up the wacky bill and make the parents make the parents suspicious. Exactly. I fucking that that is some some of the worst. The black pool eliminations in the house. Like, is that what you want? <laughs> <laughs> so, well, like, I, what I think is, I'm more positive about it than I think the rest of the people in the panel are today, which I've said. But I know, I love uh, it. I love it. I think it's brilliant. I was just uh, kidding. I went back to my Scream essay, funnily enough, and the comparison between Halloween and Scream is like paramount to like my point. But Tanya. Madlowski, which is a quote I used in that essay, it was from an essay, The Terror of Pleasure. She says the audience uh, like when their expectations are met um, when watching a horror or slasher movie. And I think that's what we look at the legacy of Halloween. And I think you guys are looking at the campiness of it as a negative. And what you mm-hmm. call pathetic, I would say, is part of its charm for me. Because you look at like where the mm-hmm. slashers have went with like people like it getting more ridiculous, like people like Freddy Krueger and then screaming. You look sure. at Ghostface and screaming. I'd even put Scary Movie into the canon, but even though Scary Movie is yeah. taking the piss out of Scream, it's just getting more and more ridiculous. And I think that's what people like. We like to see these conventions that were built yeah. in the first Halloween movie and yeah. sort of play about with them and just have fun with them. You know, let's so get drunk and watch one of the slasher movies sure. and just like have a good time for what it is. You know what I mean? So I guess that's where you'd have to like draw the line between like. Uh, between horror and slasher really because I think maybe we're looking at it from a kind of like how much it scared us sense. <laughs> so obviously the films that came before like Psycho 
cycle and the exorcist they all had this kind of real psychological element that really like creeped you out like it left you feeling uncomfortable mm-hmm. yeah with this i felt like it was more of a fun film like the like the campiness can work to his credit the way yeah. you're saying if you just see it's like all right this is this is what you know is going to happen mm-hmm. so maybe it's just looking at it from it looking at it from a different lens just changes how the way you view it because i think i was looking at it, like i was thinking oh maybe i'll get really scared but i didn't find myself getting scared at all well that's to do with the hype i think as well because we look at it and jack you've called it a cult film which i think is the perfect classification to put in halloween um yeah. but the hype behind it having not seen it is one of the movies i went into like most looking forward to seeing and yeah expecting i think big that, things from that also you know? makes it worse like that was the same with leon the professional as well like having not seen it and having heard so much acclaim for it like to watch it and be so disappointed is really obviously makes it far worse. Not well, less so for Leon the Professional, but more so for this. Um, just because I, I already wasn't a big fan of horrors, was hoping that something like a cult film would <laughs> sort of, you know, give me some light in the the subject. But it's I, if anything, it's made it worse. <laughs> um, yeah, but I did I actually yeah. recently just while I'm on it, I uh, recently watched The Shining, which is obviously only two years after it, and we were going on about like obviously being a time a. a um, maybe an element at times again where you know it's maybe seen as being simple but that's what gives it its charm i think the shining yeah. is a good example of that as well and to me the shining was a lot scarier i think yeah no, absolutely that, yeah like yeah, totally different way there is yeah. there's, there's there's really creepy parts in that that you can't even explain because it's so it's so confusing to you that you don't have time to process it as you don't have time to like think about it as like what it is you're just literally frightened at what's happening on the screen um, because it's so fast-paced, the music is excellent as well, um, yeah. which is something I think Halloween could have been doing better with. Well, that's what I was going to throw to you. Like, yeah. you thought Halloween's music could have been better? Yeah, I think, I Whoa. think, uh, yeah, definitely. I, I thought the score was really good. I think it really added. Yeah. I think it's good. I mean, it's good, but it's like such... Iconic. It's, it's iconic. I mean, well, I, of course, the, 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 en- the entrance theme or whatever you want to call it. The entrance theme, Michael Myers there. The horror movie yeah. Rumble. Exactly, oh, could be. Well, I think obviously that's iconic and it's nice, but yeah, I don't know. I think it was also like, it was really quiet. I think I feel like it could have been louder. You know what we're talking about as well? We've actually spoken about yeah. this before on the, the podcast about like being subjective about certain uh, volumes and like making things louder like, or appear louder. Yeah. Um, I think it could have been doing me a bit more of that, to be honest. It didn't really frighten me from that aspect either. And well, I, you, I appreciate it yeah. being, it was, it was composed and performed by John Carpenter as well, wasn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, um, and he does I, tours which now, is I great. think. Great, I mean, I appreciate that. I think that's brilliant that he's so talented and whatever else, but, you know, if I'm going to be hypercritical and then even go, as I said, even go on to compare it to The Shining, I'm like, mm, sorry, John, mate, you have no, you have no credit for me. All right, um, so I, the, the current tally on the Grouch scale, <laughs> Two, Nikki, yep. one. Class. All right, so you're in the least. <laughs> uh, there was an other thing, AJ. I wanted to. A lot of the criticism that was pointed at Halloween and has been over the years, and the sort of discourse of the discussion around the movie has been the sort of uh, feminist take on it. It's been the idea that within slashers, it's always the male that's gazing at the female, and it's usually the sort of female victims um, that are killed during the movie to the gratification. Um, of the sort of viewer um, that's sort of counteracted by the idea of the sort of final girl and how she's always able to sort of defy the odds in the end I was just thinking what you think of that sort of discussion behind Halloween um, and how do you think it applies personally 
Yeah, well, we were talking about this in class the other day, and uh, we were reading about how there was an article where, like, the academic was saying that it makes women heroines, mm-hmm. which I thought was like more more interesting and also something I'd like to buy into more than it just being psychosexual fury of <laughs> Michael Myers <Yes. laughs> trying to trying to kill people. Off. Uh-huh. Um, but I think like obviously it's a really like all the murders in the film are really like visceral and there's like no guns it's all like mm-hmm. knives and things like that yeah. and i think that's like part of the sort of sexual nature of the killing so i don't know like i feel like it's because the men all died like quickly mm-hmm. aye that wee, night, that wee guy yeah, got absolutely pummeled didn't he I choked to death <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, like, he didn't say pin to the wall with the knife yeah. he just looked at me that's my favourite death like there's no way that knife could hold him against the wall yeah, no, no, somehow no. Wait, how, how hard would Nigel have to jab that into a wall that would hold away oh. a human body <laughs> oh, you're telling me man oh, fantastic but I feel like his death was so quick, but then the other ones are like dragged out mm-hmm. because, like, obviously, I think it's an enjoyment thing yeah. for Myers in the film. But I think I, I sort of want to like go with the thing that it makes them heroines because, mm-hmm. like, pre Halloween horror films, women were depicted as like helpless victims. Yeah, like in Psycho, which we always talked yeah. about, yeah. But I feel like, like, Halloween, like you said, really reinforces the final girl, and I think, like, Jamie Lee Curtis was quite good and triumph, like triumphant at the end, yeah. and also like performing the role of protector with the kids as well, giving her a bit more agency mm-hmm. in the film than I think. Than yeah, just looking after herself, have. yeah, like look, got like a purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay, I get that, but there's a fair bit of nudity as well, aren't there? The females, yeah, you know, there's, yeah. no, there's <laughs> no guys getting a bit of the right now. There's just like two women quite openly, or like quite uh, blatantly in the scud, so. Yeah, just like when she she's yeah, that again, that that again she spilled she spilled whatever it was on her top. She just strips naked in the middle. Yeah, of the yeah, I'm just yeah, we What did you yeah. do that for? That's like a market. Uh, uh, yeah, do you think so? Well, I mean, I was going to say is it like a product yeah. of the 70s, in the 70s, yeah, like, 80s. Love yeah. it, don't they? They just love they love oversexualizing absolutely everything, don't they? Make it a horror film, make it like really, really sick and sadistic, and then we'll just throw in naked ladies Mm. as well. Yeah. Do you know, my, yeah, my favourite part of the whole film was like the build up to that couple having sex because they were like on the couch and they were like, let's go upstairs. And then they were like rolling about the bed (laughs) and then. It, then they were at it for about two <laughs> seconds. Then she rolled over and went. That was. Uh, I I really. I hope that. John Carford are setting expectations. I hope that was Nineteen seventy. I'm like, who? I'm like, on what planet? On what planet? Uh, <laughs> oh. I was hoping. I was yeah, hoping. No, if, if, only, if only that's all it took. Literally, like, two seconds, then she rolled over and went, that was fantastic. <laughs> Do you think that's meant to be intentional? Like, is that meant to be funny? Because if it is, then I think, I think fair I enough, but if it's not meant to be crying, funny, then... I was crying, it was so funny. What are you up to? Wow. Well, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, I totally agree with that. What do we, I'll pose a wee question, what do we think of Dr. Pleasant? Because I think he's the most meaningless character I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jack, you don't I understand think, that I death think, has yeah. come to their little town. You don't understand that he's a big man. You don't understand that he's he looked he after them for 70 years. There. Kept them locked up for seven. He stays like, in his house for like six hours just standing there. <laughs> he just waits up for things. 
he's the video game character who's got no importance to the sco- story, but you go back to talk to a couple of times just to get yeah, pearls of wisdom from. Yeah, just stands there and says words like evil like he, and boogeyman. He could, have, he could have just told us everything he, he knew about him and all this details about who he is and he's looked after yeah. him or whatever. He could have just told us that right at the very start to one of the policemen and then that could have been that. We know enough about him. We don't need him to be like standing outside his house do, or... And do I you know what I never understood? Come... <laughs> I never understood why uh, when he said uh, to not not to get the police to like bring back up and like have a manhunt for him and stuff like that. I didn't really get... I didn't really catch that. Like, why, why wouldn't they? Like, there's a CEO killer, and he's like, "Oh, tell your troops to keep their mouths shut." And I was like, "What? <laughs> why? Is that, the, is that just like some movie logic? Take like, this man oh, down yeah. for this movie. Wait, to, for this movie to finish in a natural way, we can't have any police, and they explicitly mention it. Yeah. yeah. Well, they said like it's because like, oh, it's Halloween night. Everyone's going to be like, oh, there's a guy with a mask, or there's a guy with a mask. So it's just oh. going to become like this. Yeah. Okay. So that's well, like, my mistake then. Yeah, uh-huh. so it's like, and Al, like, what do we think about the design of Michael Myers' mask? Because obviously there's hundreds of like iconic horror like masks. Uh, I years, really so. liked it. I think it's really cool because it's like that. I like see because it's just like a kind of yeah. human, a human face shaped mask. Uh, I think it kind of go, it kind of taps into that kind of like uncanny valley like creepiness. Where it's yeah. like, oh, this is like almost a human face, except that yeah, just like the eyes are blacked out and it's just all completely like faceless, emotionless, and like I think if we saw. His actual face, it wouldn't be, wouldn't have been as effective. But in fact, uh, it's like, definitely. it's like, yeah. it's like an almost human head which he has on top, of him, which makes him want this kind of like faceless monster, like mm-hmm. kind of character. Yeah, it sort of borders that line, yeah. doesn't it? AJ, what about you? Yeah. Well, was it not a Captain Kirk mask? I think I read that. I think I'm not sure if that's people taking the piss, saying it looks like Captain Kirk, <laughs> or like, no, is no, it actual like, Captain Kirk mask? Like, is it from I, I swear, I, I swear, when we did the reading for this, it said that John Carpenter bought it from a Halloween shop and painted oh, it white. God, that's amazing. That's hilarious. Oh, because that's amazing. because the budget, the budget for the film was so low. I read that somewhere last week before I watched that's it. So great. They were like, and they were like. It was like $1.84 and they just painted it white. Oh, that's amazing. Oh my god, it's looked <laughs> up online. It absolutely is. Oh, is it? Fuck. Do you think oh he gets god. do you think he gets royalties? What's his name? <laughs> Will, do you think William Shatner? <laughs> from all the Halloween movies. Yeah, he, he's, he's like he's in the cast credit well, in the, yeah. he's in the cast credit. Wow. <laughs> William Shatner's had enough, he needs that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 not here to get William Shatner. Have you seen his? Have you heard his cover of Space Oddity? William Shatner. Oh, you need no. like, Oh, please. Go oh, is that his like speaking poem thing? Yes. He does, please go and listen. To it. He just speaks Space Oddity. He's like, this is ground control to Major Tom, and that's into the time of music. Oh. It's the most amazing thing you'll hear all day. Please go listen to it. Uh, I'll oh. listen to it. Oh, it's so great. Well. I think, has anyone got anything else to bring? In fact, I want to ask the question, um, what's our most iconic, since we're moving away from Halloween, we wouldn't be doing a horror movie for a while, the most iconic horror movie villain in history? I'm going to go with Michael Myers. I'm a big Michael Myers fan. I like the mythology behind him. Man or monster? You know what I mean? I like that question. Jack, you're not a horror movie. No. Who first for this, uh, to sort of set the tone? Who's the best horror movie villain you've seen? Horror movie villain. Um, actually, come back to me because I can't even think of any of that. <laughs> wow, <laughs> he just hates them all. Some that I actually really like. They're all Jackson 101. Yeah, AJ, what about you? 
I, I, I don't really watch many horror, so I'm not wow. sure. Wow. See? Fuck. He and, he and Mine, Mine's got to be Hannibal Lecter. I think he's just Hannibal. like, he's just Ooh. like the most like nice. brutal, oh, yeah. pure, yeah. Like, uh, he's like pure, evil, embodied, uh, smart, yeah. intellectual. See, I was, I was going to say Silence of the yeah. Lambs, but like, I didn't think that was horror. I thought that was more drama. I think that's what we'll do in a future yeah. show, definitely Silence of the Lambs, because there's a lot to uh-huh. talk. I don't want to even, I don't want to give it the disservice of going into too much detail <laughs> here because Hannibal Lecter, but Eden yeah. says like, that's a great answer. Yeah. So menacing. Also, that that film has so many lines for him that are so. Yeah, creepy. definitely. I think also he's just so creepy. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm gonna throw out Jack Torrance from The Shining. There we go. Ah. He's fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we'll, we'll give a shout out to God rest his soul, Nikki. Like Nikki is a big fan of these sort of human uh, villain characters. Like he said yeah. this last week about he doesn't like the ghosts and the demons. He likes people who are human, and I think that's what Michael Myers and Hannibal yeah. Lecter. And even Jack Thompson and the Shining, they all but, have in common. They're all they're all human. They're all people, yeah. and that's what's scary about them. Yeah, uh-huh. you know what I mean? it's about yeah. the evil within. It's about like what what is what is the dangers of man? You know, we're all we're all murderers, really. Uh-huh. You know, it's horrible, horrible <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. we're, all, we're all killers. You know, well, listen, we're <laughs> yeah. I only the weekend. That yeah, that is the reason why I think I find like I think those ones are more interesting because there is such a like a thin line between like because like like you said like in the new film i've heard that like obviously jamie lee curtis isn't as pure and then you can sort of see there that in the first film obviously she was like the victim and he was the murderer and now like you can see there's a thin line between how like the humanity of people and how quickly they can yeah, switch definitely mm-hmm. And I think that's the scariest well, part. Well, I think I would recommend you all go and see the new Halloween. Obviously, you don't need to see any of the other Halloween movies to see the new one. It's a direct sequel to the one we've been talking about in 1978. It's topped the US box office for two weeks in a row now. Made another $32 million this weekend. Takes it up to around $100 million mark in the US domestically. So it's made a shit ton of money, so we're probably going to get more. Um, I think you. I think the three of you will like this new one better. But for now, I'm going to go around and ask your scores. I'll, I'll start off this week. I'm going to give Halloween 1978 an 8 out of 10. A strong eight out of ten. Jack, what would you give it? Six. AJ. I'd say seven because I really like I, I enjoyed the film but not I didn't find it scary, but I don't know if that was what it was supposed to do, but I think it was entertaining. Six, six. So seven seven seven. Ian, what about you? Sure, I'm gonna go as about seven out of ten as well. I think it was definitely like an iconic movie and I understand why people love it, but uh, it just wasn't it just wasn't like wasn't perfect. It wasn't your kinda like perfect horror. But seven out of ten I think it's a good score for it. It kinda like mm-hmm. gives it credit for what it needs credit for, but it's like not the greatest thing that's ever yeah. been crafted. Yeah. It seems like you guys are looking at Halloween it- the way I look at the Beatles. I think that's like, I think that's how things have been. <laughs> well, you sure you should be saying that in a public forum. I'm trying to poke Jack with a stick right now in the shed. <laughs> Just to see what he'll do. Like we'll, dis- we'll discuss this off here, will we? <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to swear too much. He's, he's gonna yeah, well, anyway, we're going to we're, we're gonna end part one there. When we come back, uh, Jack will be reviewing something he does like. He's not a horror fan, he's a Western fan. He <laughs> likes games. <laughs> he's going to go Red, Red Dead Redemption 2. We'll also be talking about uh, Deadpool 2 with a PG release. And Godzilla versus King Kong, two titans of the game going head to head at this year's WrestleMania. What other two movie <laughs> characters would you like to see squared off? Uh, so see you on part two.
All right, so this is part two. That was part one. We're back with first time films. Everyone's still here. Uh, we went for the pish and you're all fresh to go for part two. And um, we're going to start off part two. <laughs> Lovely. With uh, <laughs> Jack, speaking of pish, this is the opposite of pish. Uh, we've got Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, it's been the game that the whole world has been talking about. There's been banners in the streets, you know, men haven't Have gone to war. No, I, I, I wouldn't know. even know it about it, mate. I've been playing it. I don't even, <laughs> I wouldn't even know. <laughs> They've been recluse. They've been in their house. There. We've got our Facebook poll. 83% of people gave the first Red Dead Redemption game a thumbs up. 17% of people, they gave them uh, the game a thumbs down. Yeah. <laughs> The Ver- 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 Vermin or Vernon? Vernon Dudley. Vernon. <laughs> Vernon. The Vernon Dudleys are the one who given Red Dead a thumbs down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't like magic. Don't like magic on Sundays or horses. So, the uh, uh, Jack, what do you think of Red Dead Redemption 2? What's it all about? What is it? It's, it's really good, mate. I'm not going to go too much into the story, I think. Uh, but the story is absolutely unreal. Mm. I just think from start to finish, you're. you're it's got you guessing, you're like thinking already, like where is this going to go as basically you're in this gang um, which has already been sort of mentioned briefly in the in the first one because you play as John Marston in the first one. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of background, basically you are a member, a different member, not John Marston, in the same, mm-hmm. in the same gang that he, that John Marston used to run with and basically it's yeah. just about their um, breaking away from this sort of what's the word? This sort of like vagabond life and the, like the sort of traveller's life because they are essentially yeah. like gypsies. That's how they sort mm-hmm. of are depicted almost. Yeah. Um, but they they are obviously quite a well known gang, so they're on the run basically at the start of the, at the start of the the second game. So you already know like what your goal is, if that makes sense. So you already know it sets it up for you to. Like I don't know, make assumptions of where it's going to go. Yeah, their and motivations they, are clear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're basically like, all the di- all the arrows are pointing in the similar directions. You're like, okay, well, this is where I need to go. And be- like, I mean, it's like any other Rockstar game. There's obviously tons and tons of missions, like loads and loads of uh, meat meat to get into. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. I think one of the things that um, I'll always um, always be first to talk about and always try and. Um, so I'd like try and dissect is like the amount of freedom in a game, like the amount of interaction. Like, what can you do? What can't you do? Can you, you know, go into any building you want? Just say hello to anyone. Um, and I think that's what this game does so well. Um, and I think back to other games that you know I've frequently played, like Skyrim and like The Last of Us and stuff. Um, one thing that I would say about The Last of Us it lacks is that sort of freedom because it isn't a free roam game. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have that RPG sort of aspect. But um, this has like massive interaction. You can literally just go up to anyone; doesn't matter. It will come up. You know, you can walk onto them. It will come up just saying "stranger," and you have an option to <laughs> you have an option to either greet them or antagonise them. Like, so you just play it as you want. You can go up to them and just start swearing at them, tell them to fuck off, or you know what I mean. You can do what you want. Yeah. Um, I think um, it's massively opened the game up. A sort of expansion from the first uh, first Red Dead that um, you can loot a lot more. Like everybody's available for loot, like looting. Mm-hmm. Um, you can like rob stagecoaches and just loot them on the on this road. Do you know what I mean? You don't need to like take them anywhere to like access them or get the money for them. And you just loot them on the road. Nice. Um, you can explore pretty much everything. You know, you can open up chests or drawers, like wardrobes, anything, steal clothes, 
you can rob people in the street, you just walk up to them in an interaction for robbing them, you basically just point a gun at them and they'll, they'll either give you money oh, or they'll fight back. This is great. Um, I love it. I love all the crime, the new crime. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, if you're living in the Wild West, like, it's sort of yeah. what Nicky was saying about uh, games last week, um, being able to just do what you want. The consequences, yeah, is webbing up, yeah, like webbing up <laughs> grannies and stuff. Like, why, why should you not be able to do that? You can do that, you can hog tie, you just find an old woman and hog tie her if you want. If you're fuck sick, me. Fuck, you could be the Mike, you be the Michael Myers, so Valentine or whatever. Um, I think uh, an aspect of games that I'm usually not a massive fan of is, is like, what was that a tidal wave there or something? That was, sorry, <laughs> that was, and that was my mind brushing against my. Brushing against the breast. A massive, a massive aspect of games that I, I was never really a massive, uh, big fan of was um, like crafting and cooking and things like that as well. But okay. in this game, it sort of, it does sort of force you to look after yourself, as in like you know, you can. You can become overweight or underweight, things like that. Uh, the amount of sleep you get depends on like, your stamina, your health, like for that day. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, yeah. it's important that you eat enough and like sleep enough. It's actually really, and I was going back to that realism. Like, the same with movies. I like the same with games. Like, if there's a real sense of realism, and you need to fend for yourself, and it, it does feel like real life. You can't just walk about in the middle of the night because it's pitch black. And you, you know what I mean? You can't see anything. So at night you're forced to sort of go to bed and get asleep and come back up in the morning and do your mission. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. going back to the crafting, sorry, you can like you now can make unique clothing out of items that you gather. So you can like hunt down a grizzly bear and then like you know skin his head and wear it as a hat. And, do you know what I mean? It's like honestly that. <laughs> it's honestly that Are you okay? Are you alright? <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. But how great is that? The freedom to just be able to do anything like that, and that's that is the similar things that you would expect of a Wild West. Like there's there's obviously a lack of law. Um, there's the morals are all fucked. You're all Americans. You all believe you can you know shoot who you want and do what you want, and you know money isn't money isn't owned by anyone or property isn't owned by anyone. So it is like good like that. Um, I think another massive thing about it that added in is horse relationships. You can build like. Uh, a bond with your horse and it makes their attributes stronger. Sorry? <laughs> like honestly there's tasks that you perform like you, you can brush your horse and clean it and stuff and then you get you can feed it and it'll like, you'll gain a relationship with it and you obviously name it and that. You can... it was that easy. Jeez, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but then it, like it, it, it you know it's, it calms easier, it doesn't scale when like gunfire goes off and things like that because you're like it's feel safe. It's mental mate, like it's real real thought being put into the game and uh, I like that. Well, it took it took a long time to develop it, didn't it? Like uh, how years has it been since the first Red Dead game? Two thousand ten, I think the first one came out. Uh, they only started making the, th- the second one a couple of years after it, though. I think so. It's been yeah. in production for about yeah six years or something. But, That's um, good. And the map's bigger. This map. See, we'll I'm, I'm, un, I'm unsure how big the map is because I'm not fully completed it yet. So yeah, um, I'm about halfway through the story, I think. But uh, the map. The map's really unique. The shape of it is really, really unique. I think Rockstar always does that with maps. They're never, they're never like a straightforward like square grid or anything like that. You know, like Skyrim's yeah. quite, just quite rectangular. Like there's mm-hmm. up, up and down, left and like left and right. Whereas there's, this is like water bodies and that that you can't cross. You need to go right round and you know there's yeah. maybe even boat travel and things like that as well. So I don't know. It's it's good, but there's there's a fast travel aspect as well for people who are lazy and can't be bothered. Like, <laughs> Um, yeah, go to the charge. Yeah, but I mean, 
I think the game's <laughs> not, are just fine. What I was going to say about a game like this with the, the graphics and the, cine- the cinematic aspect of it is fucking unreal. I think yeah. uh, you can actually change, like, oh, you could do that in the, the previous Rockstar games as well, where you could change to a cinematic view. But because obviously it's not like a big concrete jungle, like in the cities in GTA and stuff, you're actually like in a, like a beautiful setting with all these mountains and um, different climates yeah. and stuff. So it is really nice to just literally just ride about and uh, kind of what kind of what we're talking about with the Spider-Man game, like being able to just swing about. You just get on your horse and you just go through all these different climates, really nice places, and then you will you're about to find something. Um, someone will pop out and say, "I'm being attacked," or you know what I mean. Uh, so something like that. So it's good. There's this endless sort of um, endless missions. I think uh, they've added in gun, gun customization as well that didn't have in the first game, which I think is class as well because just pure, well, purely the customization in general is is great. You can do anything with outfits and wear all sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like that it, it is pretty restricted. My kind of maybe contradicting myself a wee bit here by saying that they've restricted it. And you can't actually like, just dye your hair pink or like do things like that because <laughs> I yeah, actually quite like that. I like that yeah. because it's still realistic that you don't everyone in multiplayer it might change it from multiplayer and might end up looking like Fortnite or something with people <laughs> dressed as like spacemen and that. But yeah, um, <clears throat> hopefully it's not, and hopefully it sticks to it. Where like oh, even though you can wear flamboyant gear, it's all yeah. appropriate to the times. Like it's still you know that sort of late nineteenth century attire. Um, so it's pretty, uh-huh. pretty cool. I think. Um, one thing I'd like to see, um, just mentioned the multiplayer there. I think if they'd done something similar to what GTA Five done with like heists, um, and you know, make, like uh, they obviously had that in Red Dead One multiplayer. You had posses and stuff, so you like, basically joined a group and you can do a mission together. You sort of it's almost like a new party within the game. So you just follow them about. You go meet them. You do the, the mission together, sort of thing. I think with this, if there was a multiplayer mode where you done sort of like heists. Um, like in GTA 5 where it was like bank robberies and you get money for it obviously. Um, yeah. That would be pretty cool and each, each individual uh, member of like the posse or whatever has like a, a certain task. So maybe there's like two people that hold up the bank manager like in the indoors, two are on yeah. the outside like looking out for other people and like take like holding up guards outside or something. You know, Definitely. I don't know, just like making it really complex, I think that'd be pretty cool. But I think it's, out, just... it's, out, it's out pretty soon, the multiplayer, so um, mm. I'll be looking forward to seeing what they do with it. What they do. So overall, you think this game is probably better than the first one? Or uh, yeah, the first I think, one the first? right, well, I mean, the story in the first one is brilliant as well. So I think in the story aspect, it's, it's up there. Um, I'm just enjoying yeah. that. I'm just more invested in this one, I think, because there is a lot of cinematics in it. There's loads of cutscenes, but this, the cutscenes are done so well. It, it really, it looks like a, an old Western movie. It feels like I'm watching an old Western movie when it goes to the cutscenes, because the way that they've done some sort of filter, basically, on the, on the screen, mm-hmm. And although yeah. Rockstar has never been known for being the best in terms of like uh, like human motion, like they're really good yeah. for graphics and like bumping into things and whatever else, like they're good at that sort of boundaries. Um, but they've always struggled for cutscenes. I think where like making people move accurately. Sometimes they obviously they look a bit sort of they look really robotic. It's like um, the Uncanny Valley sort of thing. Uh, uh, yeah, exactly. But I think they've done a really good job of this, making it far more. Uh, real and with the, the filter that they put on it, it does, as I said, it makes it feel uh, like it feels like I'm watching a Tarantino film or something like that. Even that the music goes off when you know gunshots go off and things like that, and the music changes as you're as nice. you're fighting. Do you know what I mean? If you pursue someone up close, the music changes and stuff. Like that. 
that was that was me just punching fuck at my mic there, so <laughs> he's getting too excited. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must have got, must have got too excited. Yeah, Went too long without hog tying an old oh. woman. <laughs> frustration somehow. <laughs> well, Ian, you're a fan of the first Red Dead Redemption game. Um, sure. What about what Jack said has made you made you more excited to maybe play this new one? Oh, I mean, it sounds, it sounds great because uh, I mean, I've I've always liked Rockstar games just in general, from the Grand Theft Auto to the Bully Bully game. Mm-hmm. And then Red Dead Redemption as well, and I just think uh, the the amount of detail and polish that they seem to put in their games, especially like their more their kind of most recent title, Grand Theft Auto Five. I think uh, like if they imply if they can apply all the kind of same elements that they did like <clears throat> the Grand Theft Auto Five onto uh, this new Red Dead, it's going to be a really good game because uh, Red Dead. I mean, like Red Dead. <clears throat> pardon me. Red Dead Redemption <laughs> Two already. Uh, <laughs> it already appealed to me because it's basically just like GTA, except in the old less. So you get, yeah, you, get exactly. to be a, you get to be a fucking badass instead of a gangster. And it's, uh, it's just like I've just always thought it was a really, a really kind of fresh idea, something that's not not actually done that often in the game industry, which is surprising because yeah. of how kind of like how kind of fun idea the old West is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely, I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely gonna give it a wee purchase, man. It looks really good. Uh, oh I've just not got around to buying it yet, you know. That's good. That's good. Well, AJ, I don't know how much of a gamer you <laughs> Have you played Red Dead at all or no? Like, no. Well, that, well I know no. you're into Dungeons and Dragons though. Like, you've played games like that. Yeah. Well, it's sort yeah. of the same principle because Jack's talked about the sort of freedom and sort of embodying a character that's different from movies. We've talked about that in the last couple of weeks and sort of yes. explanation of that. What do you think is the difference between sort of the cinematic experience watching and then sort of like having control over something in this like a sort of like fictional world? You know what I mean? What does that bring? Well, the, when I play games, I just like to do stupid stuff. And I feel like when you're watching a movie, like you're forced to like do something interesting <laughs> but like my favourite thing to do is play Grand Theft Auto and try and steal a plane <laughs> yeah because everybody wants everybody wants to fly <laughs> and like yeah. like I could spend like three hours like like over and over trying to steal a plane or over and over trying to get eaten by a shark nice. but with a film they make, they make you live a story yeah with a film they just make you watch Michael Myers hang someone in a door with a knife you know yeah <laughs> when when really you just you just want to yeah. like steal a plane why can't Michael just why can't Michael give up Try to kill babysitters for a minute and then go and try and get himself eaten by a shark. No, you know, Matt. Why can't he? A better end to that film, like, would have been that instead of killing the dog, which was the the worst part of the film, he befriended he he befriended the dog, and then the rest of the film was just a a loving tale of him (laughs) of this dog changing him. Oh my god! (laughs) Don't say that. I I really want a reimagining now. Nah, it's the Halloween that's just called Autumn. <laughs> but it's Halloween. It's Michael Myers and the dog from Cujo. Yeah. They've met up and now they're, they're friends with each other and like no one dies. And it's about how the power of. Uh, anyway, Jack, like, Jack, we'll get away from that for a minute. I'm sorry. What would you overall give? What would you give Red Dead Redemption uh, out of 10 in your sort of final thoughts and review to sum it up? Seriously, ten. I don't have any issues with it. I've I've nice. yet to encounter something where I would go, oh, like I don't like that in comparison to the last game, or I don't mm-hmm. like that. Like there's maybe, maybe once where I didn't get into a building that I really wanted to get into, and I was like, oh, do you know what? There's plenty of other buildings, so I'll just go <laughs> do you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> that's that's it. Like uh, other fishness and all exactly. that. I mean, uh, going like going back to just being able to do what you want. I think. Like, I don't know, I usually portray quite a nice character, so 
you get an honour scale in, in the game. It was the same. I mean, it was the same in the first one as well. But you can do crimes if you do the crime with the brand honour, and you don't lose the honour because you know no one sees it was you. So, oh no, sorry, you do lose the honour, but you don't get the bounty. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, your, whatever your actions are in the game will depend on how people perceive you. So if your honour's really, really low, then you know they'll say, mean, well, they'll say, you know, fuck off, basically in the street, or like say, why are you coming back here and things like that. Whereas if you're, you know, if you're quite an honourable guy, then everyone will be like quite friendly with you. You get discounts in the shops and stuff as well. So you get, you got to uh, weigh up the options between being a nice guy and getting discounts on items, or like being a fucking badass and getting to kill everybody you want. I think that's, so, the, I think that's life, isn't it? That's not. That's life, isn't it? That's about life, you know. Uh-huh, that's I mean, it's real, it's a real, think about uh, that. Every good decision I make. Is, is based on getting discounts in shops. I think yeah. that's like that, that's that's behind my moral compass. That's the only but, reason uh, you're a student, so you can get a discount. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> that's totally it. I've been I've been rumbled. I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, a bit, absolutely rumbled. Well, we'll move on from Red Dead Redemption. Please don't. Can we just keep talking about it? <laughs> no, no. The sooner we get this done, the sooner you can go back to playing the game. Class. So, like, we can do that. But anyway, we're going to move on to the news. Flash film reported uh, that new footage is being shot for the PG release of Deadpool 2, which is coming out in December. Uh, Steve Weintraub from Collider.com um, also said that there is more new footage to be shot on top of the footage that Slash Film uh, had previously reported on. Um, so I wanted to get everyone's take in this because me and Jack had a conversation a long time ago that this brought me back to, and it's about having an R-rated version of a movie or a work of art, like a comic book or a novel or something, and then also having a PG version of the same story. Like The way I'd fall down in this that is just a cash grab from uh, Fox to try and make money at Christmas mm-hmm. time off of Deadpool and maybe to sell more toys to younger viewers. Mm. Um, and it, uh, for me, it's always going to be a worse movie. However, I don't know if I'm being cynical. Um, we'll probably go, we'll go to AJ first on this one. What, what do you think? Did you see Deadpool 2? And does the PG version yeah. interest you at all? Or? No. No. <laughs> I think like this is like... I think it's money grabbing, but also I think it's like censorship in its greatest form. Mm. Like... Like Deadpool is what it is. Like it's funny and it's like outrageous because it is like that. Like it's explicit, and I think that's like I'm not like I used to be into Marvel, but I think they're ripping the piss a bit now. And but I really like Deadpool's character. I think he's like he's got character development as well as just being fucking badass. And I think that making it PG, although like I feel bad for the kids. Most kids like. over the age of 10 like you know how to illegally watch a film like like there's no need for them to release a pg version because like like parents would just let their kids watch yeah well that's what that's what i think (laughs) you know how it is when you're younger like what age did you see paranormal activity at for example i bet it was before (laughs) the filmmakers had intended on it you know what i mean yeah so i was was not the young lad yeah, exactly. I was not a lad. Uh, a lifetime ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like I think it's just I think it's just nonsense nowadays. Like with kind of parental guidance, because I think that is that as AJ was saying, that is just the charm of Deadpool. He is like outrageous. He is, it is bloody. It is messy. It is just a bit off the wall. It's not your typical Marvel character. And I think that's what makes him. That's kind of what's like sets him apart and makes him so great. So a PG release, I don't know. I just feel like. I feel like I mean, the co- I mean the comedy, the comedy in Deadpool as well do- does kind of hang on its kind of outrageousness, and I think if they dampened that down even further, I think it might, I think it might just completely flop. 
Yeah. Well, Jack, hopefully you can offer maybe an alternative taking this. Do you agree with the rest of the panel that it is just a sort of cash grab? Or do you see some merit to it? Could they do new, inventive and interesting things with this PG version? I, Especially if a team with Ryan Reynolds involved. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> I think uh, the idea of it isn't a bad thing. It isn't, I think if it's done for the right reasons and you are trying to um, just open it up to a, a younger audience so that you can get, so that you can give as much enjoyment as you possibly can, uh, and that is that spread is, the joy. Spread it, just spread it. He's a great character, and he will. And I think uh, the kids in that will absolutely love him. I think he's got a funny aspect. So if you can make him funny in a PG setting, then because a, a lot of why he's funny is because he's explicit. So that's why we find him funny because we're all rude bastards and we love that. We love swearing. <laughs> we love swearing. And that. We fucking love it. If Kevin Bridges didn't swear, like would he be funny? Absolutely not. No. No. So. Uh, it would just be Scottish. It would just be Scottish. <laughs> and that's no funny. That's no funny, Andy. Right. It's no funny enough. You'd just be miserable. Fuck. I don't even say that. Because a sad Scottish I, man on the I, I do agree with you, David. I think it is a money grab. And I actually never even thought about it until you said it. And I was like, well, yeah, you're right. That's absolutely what it is. Um, oh, Christmas time, coming around the corner, get loads of toys out, like, shift it, shift it out of the market. Yeah, but also, like... Are, are Fox and Disney not doing a deal anyway? Yeah. Like, that's, not like a thing. Oh, well, that's the thing. Like, I was like, is, is this part of the transition? <laughs> is this part of the transition to make Deadpool a more yeah, Disney like, friendly character? Is this them trying to exercise and like prove that they can make it funny without it being crude? Mm. Like, perhaps. And that's a, that's a good know. point because the mouse, for better or for worse, is the one who runs his house. He is not going to let someone like Ryan Reynolds come in and dictate him that Deadpool has to be rated mm-hmm. R. You know, I mean, if Deadpool goes to Disney, we're either going to see an R-rated version, but it won't be cinematically released. It'll be somewhere in like a higher tier of their streaming service or something like that that's coming mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Or we're going to see a PG Deadpool uh, making clips of Iron Man down the road. You know what I mean? Oh, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be one of those two options, oh, you know? That would be the worst thing. Yeah, unless, unless <laughs> Disney proves us all wrong and they decide, like, that's another thing, like, I'll throw, I'll throw this back to Jack for a minute because we, we've talked about characters like I don't think Wolverine was truly great until we got the Logan movie which uh, was rated R and Fox is doing all these rated R things do you think there is a, a possibility that Disney the Walt Disney Company R rated division and keep those characters separate from the main canon of the MCU mm, I would hope yeah, so be because yeah. I think like yeah, so imagine like, a rated R like... Pirates Caribbean <sighs> the dream. They haven't done that. That'd be mental. Yeah. But, yeah. Maybe not with Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not with yeah. Johnny Depp. That would be Depp. too real. That, <laughs> that, that would be not. Too real. <laughs> it would be far too real. I don't know. I, I just um, I struggle. I struggle with this idea, and it's the problem was, I like Disney. I'm a fan of the MCU. I don't mm-hmm. believe in monopolising all these properties under one roof because I think it's going to lead to the loss of. And Fox, yeah. for better for worse, have not done everything right with the X-Men in that series. But what they've done with characters like Deadpool and Logan and the news of the New Mutants being a horror movie coming out and stuff like that, that's interesting. They're taking yeah. risks. Risks that Marvel haven't really made. Mm-hmm. Like we'll talk, We're going to be talking about um, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, in a couple of episodes' time and how that was a risk in its own sort of unique way. I haven't went off the wall with anything really, you know. They haven't uh-huh. done that the way sure. that Deadpool or Logan has. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that one. It's funny how you bring up Kevin Bridges because I showed <laughs> a room full of uh, Australians, Kiwis, 
French people uh, Kevin Bridges for like the first time the other night and like they, they, <laughs> they found him really funny so I don't what's know what's well, I was, what's I was hoping that was going to be the answer there I was it was like Kevin Bridges greatest hits YouTube compilation so I'm yeah. just like, <laughs> Yo, I know the one but the, the one. thing is and this is going to be really bad if you're offended by offensive language like skip ahead a couple of minutes right but but me and the French people have been teaching each other sort of phrases. Do you know what I mean? So I now I now know the word for I now I now know the words for one night stand. I know how to say threesome in French. Um, oh, so I know that, and, and I've taught them the phrase miserable cunt. The romance languages, eh? <laughs> the, the problem is, however, the problem is they've started going around like calling the rest of the building it in like public. Everybody already the hates the French. They, they went on to Jake the other day. <laughs> I, well, their country is a legacy. Their country is basically the legacy of failure. You know what I mean? Like, I've said this to them. I've, I've had this argument for many Shout years. out to the those thing, French people listening. The, di- the difference between Scotland and France is we're both like failures, except the Scottish know it. The French are arrogant towards their own like failure as a nice. nation, right? Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but like, they just. Can't wait for the hate mail for the French now. They went after Jake. And the Scottish like, after that. And in the middle of the library, I think it was. I'm like, oh, Jake, you miserable cunt. <laughs> wow! <laughs> like, you can't say that. You can't say that. Properly. Yeah, def- definitely not in America. You're like. fucking gronk. You know, it's like. Oh, I'm it's sure like, the accents are uncanny. I, I can do really, really good impressions. Uh, that was a brilliant yeah. French accent, and then whatever that was, which made us. Hey, Jake! Jake, you missed a couple cans. I was in the hills of Nice listening, listening to your voice. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm going to take his back on topic now. I'm going to steer this ship home in like, a, like, a, like a sexy sailor that I'm dressing as for Halloween. Kid. I'm going as a pimp. I'm going as a pimp. It was either a pimp. It was either a pimp or Santa. Um, <laughs> what about pimp Santa? Santa? Yeah. But people have said Pimp Santa. Pimp Santa seems like a popular suggestion. Yeah. But that would have cost me. That has to be done. Yes. I was gonna... you know, see what, yeah, uh, see when I think yeah, of David Campbell, all I think about is Pimp Santa. <laughs> First thing like comes to mind. That's like the best costume I think you could have ever done. Doesn't he remind you of Pimp Santa? That's what you said when I walked into the. <laughs> <laughs> the beer bar for the first time. Uh, and introduce the yourself, uh, Truffles, introduce yourself as a truffalo in your pimp costume. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sugar, I'm the truffalo. <laughs> you say I, try, I tried to convince like, the rest of the building to go as my whole train, like the godfather <laughs> from old school WWE. <laughs> but they decided, they decided not to come as the whole train. Oh, I was, really, I was confused as to why. Um, <laughs> you know, there's bitches better be wearing jimmies. Pimping ain't easy, we all know that, and they've just made the job a whole lot more difficult. But anyway, <laughs> Film News Variety reports yesterday that Rebecca Hall has been added to the cast of Godzilla vs. Kong. Oh, look at that matchup. Titans of the game going up against each other. As good old JR Jim Ross would say, this one is a slobber knocker. Um, so obviously, Rebecca Hall has appeared previously in Iron Man 3, um, among other films um, that I didn't have enough time to write down uh, in this piece of paper. Uh, so Godzilla vs. King Kong arrives in 2020. Um, in 2019, we're getting the Godzilla sequel, Godzilla King of Monsters, um, which stars Millie Bobby Brown, Kyle Chandler, among other people. So. 
I didn't want to focus on this too much. The movie's still a while away, but I thought we'd end in something fun. I am going to be the judge, jury, and executioner of the three people in the panel. I'm going to give you guys a couple of seconds to think of two movie characters you want to see from separate films go up against each other in a battle or a team-up movie or just, like, have a cup of coffee. You know, like, you can be doing whatever, <laughs> you, can be doing whatever you want. You know what I mean? It can be, it can be group talking to, I don't know, uh, President Lincoln from Lincoln just over a big gardening. You know what I mean? Just tell me, tell me what's happening. Uh, like, we just want them to meet or we want them to square go? They can right, square go. Obviously, they, they can square go. go. They meet first and then square go. Are they just going to meet for coffee or something? They can square go team up or they, well, they can have a coffee. Can, David just said that. Like They can have a food, food no, ball tournament. No, they can do whatever no. they want. Regardless of what they meet for, they might be going for lunch. They might be going to play <laughs> mini golf. It ends in a scrap, right? Whatever happens, <laughs> it ends in a scrap. Right. Well, That's does anyone name. have an idea already? Obviously, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep three, talking. Three hours, had, have a thing. Well, we've had the classics over the years, obviously, the great cinematic um, experiences that were Alien versus Predator. Um, you know, we've had Freddy versus Jason talking about two hotter icons earlier on. <laughs> uh, the thing about right, team movies, right. they always defend Jackie Chan, Jackie Chan versus Darth Maul. No weapons. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> and what were we thinking? It was a setting. Do you have uh, Jackie Chan from a particular movie? Is it Russia or Jackie Chan? Oh. It's Jackie Chan from the TV show, the animated TV show. Oh, yes, Jackie Chan. Is now <laughs> oh, right. But he doesn't, he doesn't have the talismans. Uh, no, 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 there's no There's no jades. There's nothing. Nope. It's just on his own, right? Okay. Right, and he's Jackie. animated. Well, nah, he's not really. He's, he's the depiction of Jackie Chan around that time. Okay, uh, Jackie Chan in the title sequence of that show. Aye, right, young, okay, young Jackie fine. Chan, right? Okay, I get it. Um, versus Darth Maul, no holds barred, but bare knuckles. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> will take place in Glasgow's mosque. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I was, I was, That's I was completely, so I was completely, I was completely behind it. I was like one hundred behind it, and now I'm a bit confused as to like, is it the mo- is it just because of the physical aspect? I just think it'll be a really nice place. To oh, it's like, yeah, it's like a nice set piece. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, like a really nice place for a, a scrap. Like, it'll just have right. nice uh, architecture and nice, nice decorations and that, and oh, plenty of plenty of objects in the middle. So there's like going to be plenty of jumping and thrusting and diving about. I think it'll oh, what, be... What's the backstory? Is Darth Maul trying to impress the Emperor, and Jackie Chan's just fighting for his honor? No, 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 like, no, no, What's no, their motivation? No, no, no. Darth, Darth Maul was just diving down to the shops to get his uh, <laughs> to get his, um, his granola for his breakfast, oh, and then really? uh, <laughs> Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan was actually in there as well, but he was just buying a, a lemon and lime soda. Um, <laughs> he, when he went to the counter, he sort of brushed shoulders with Darth Maul, and Darth Maul went, "Oh, sorry, mate, um, on you go." And Jackie Chan didn't really understand what he said. Um, like he thought he kind of mum, he thought I mumbled it. So he looked at him a little bit strangely. Uh, but then he went on, you know, it was just, it was nothing, nothing oh. about broke out. So he went on to his kind of, kind of soda pop, and then he he jumped outside. And as he was about to get into the car, uh, Darth Maul from out of absolutely nowhere just fucking hooks him. <laughs> <laughs> right, so they start like they start, they start kind of scuffling, and it, it's a bit. It's a bit fierce, and Jackie Chan wasn't quite prepared, so he's still kind of holding his can of soda uh, in one yeah. hand, and he's you know dancing about, and it just happens that the mosque is uh, is 
you know, just there at the at the corner of the street. Um, <laughs> and during the brawl, Darth Maul kicks Jackie Chan square in the, in the nuts, uh, right in the ball sack. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> I, oh, it, sends, it sends Jackie Chan fucking blistering through the air, bust the doors of the mosque open. <laughs> Bang! Darth Maul sort of arises for like the smoke and the, the shrapnel that's you know sort of pervading the, the door. This is so theatrical. And then uh, yeah, I know. But it's totally real. Like this actually happens. You know, yeah. this happens in real life. So uh, <laughs> it's a prophecy. Right, and Some then Sith Lords in Glasgow, get them out. You and know, then what do they bring to the economy? Jackie Chan, as you would expect, isn't he? Is no fool. He's no fucking. He's not a mug. So. He obviously kick flips up onto his feet, and that's it. That's the start. That's how the brawl. And that's it. I love that. And then they square off in the mosque. Uh, yeah. Well, that's, and there's, that's nobody, great. there's nobody in the mosque or anything like that. So there's no spectators, and it's all, it's all uh, there's, closed doors. But there's no one like with the Marvel thing. Like no one watches the start of the fight, and they're like, "I'm getting the fuck out of here," or something <laughs> like that. Like, yeah, this is part reading, of the MCU. Yeah, they're reading the Disney's, Disney's like, first R rated film. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm away for a sandwich, I'll be back later, you know. Like, <laughs> does anyone have an idea? Right. Um, the rivals, the, the epic battle <laughs> in the middle of Glasgow between Jackie Chan and Darth Maul. <laughs> uh, do you know, all I can think about is like, you know, Jordan Belfort, play, played by Leonardo DiCaprio in Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Yeah. Him strapping. Johnny Depp playing Raul, Raul Duke in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas and they're just strapping over the last line of game. The base of cool. Latia, do you know what I mean? In Glasgow, strapping over this last line of gear. I love at that. Five o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. And, and obviously, Jordan Belfort like stops midway through the fight, like it freeze frames around him. Yeah. He talks to the camera. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, he takes three yeah. like, <laughs> like the vein in his head coughing as he can't like. He's, he's a chunky wee monkey and he can't. He, chunky can't wee he, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> he can't pin Johnny there, and then Johnny's just like fucking out of speed. They start seeing stuff. Oh, like, start seeing shit, yeah. I know, and it just ends with them both at different corners of the room thinking they're fighting each other, but they're actually fighting like a hallucination. <laughs> <laughs> they're just, they're just punching Jack, the wall. They can't be fighting Jack from Titanic, and the Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> characters fighting Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> They're just punching the wall, and it's like, see that bit at the end of Wolf of Wall Street where he like, thinks he's doing things, but he's actually just rolling about on the floor. <laughs> yeah, they're them. both. They think it's a really intense like, wow. boxing scale fight, but really they're just both rolling around oh. in this empty club floor. Oh, I'm crying. Their face. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> cool. ah, that's, a good, that's a good one. That's oh. all I've got. Ian, 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 <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was Joko bur- burst into the pub trying to hold up the place, trying to rob the till, trying to do some psycho shit. Begby fucking puts his pint down. He's like, 
Where the fuck you thought about your dodge gun? <laughs> <laughs> you just have a scrap in the middle of the bar. Just glasses them. Yeah, they're throwing scrap at the bench. They'd be like snapped a pool cue in half and stand at the back. <laughs> I just love it. It's the giant fight all becomes suddenly more confused as the fight goes on. Oh, but yeah. the Joker like, doesn't know I don't understand what you're saying. But, but this guy <laughs> who's just launching glasses from the balcony at him over his shoulder. Oh! <laughs> and like, it's like a boss fight in a video game that's Becky's like yeah. special move is just throwing glasses backwards <laughs> from, from the top uh, deck. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the Joker's like, oh, I've got this. It's just some random wee, wee guy trying to see a goalie. And Becky, they're like flapping tables and <laughs> throwing pool balls. <laughs> I love that. Do you think? And then, and then, and then he ends up in the club, Lachita with Jordan Belfort. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, so see, to see like um, prevail in the fight again, the fight again, the fight again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like final match. Oh man. He, he, want, he wants the coke too, obviously, so he can sell it. Wow. <laughs> Ian, like, how did your fight end? Does Joker end up offering Begbie a position? Uh, no. Joker's getting taken back to Arkham and Begbie's like made a run for it down to London to go hide out and uh, flat for a while, laying low because oh. he's glassed the Joker. <laughs> Fuck me. Oh, all good options, guys, all good options. Oh man, that was that was great. I'm gonna have to I have to make a judgment here, um, and here's here's where I stand in this. I think that the hallucination takes away from the intense brawl that Johnny Depp and DiCaprio could have with each other. So there's not going to be as much damage to Johnny Depp's face that would have given me satisfaction. So for that, AJ, I'm going to get... No, like, <laughs> like Jordan Belfort gets a, a good few punches in oh, before, oh. before they start. Before the lemons kick in. What was in the main body yeah. of the argument? I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to eliminate you for that. So it, for okay, me, it came sorry. down to Jack and Ian's uh, brawl. <laughs> and probably what, what it comes down to me is setting because yes the joker bigby fight is jarring but bigby's still in his natural environment the thing that in- interests me about jackie chan and darth maul is that they're in a glasgow <laughs> mosque <laughs> and, and I, the thing I, is I, no I one knows carry. why but no one cares it's, yeah. it's cinematic i can't get but i mean what I, I was really i was interested in seeing how darth maul would fare up against a martial arts expert without a, a lightsaber yeah. Because um, uh-huh. they're real, they're both talented guys, so you expect, <laughs> you expect uh, both, both, both talented in respective fields. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was all that. We're getting the wrestling terminology. But but then I mean, Jackie Chan is nothing without his fists. But then you know, Darth Maul is nothing without his lightsaber. So I'd like to see. Well, uh, I Darth, think uh, my Darth Maul uses the horns. Well, he course. does a Rex from Toy Story and just like cannons himself into Jackie Chan's chest. <laughs> That's still gonna puncture you, Jack. That's nah, a fatal know. ball. That's a fatal ball right there. I don't know about that. Like that but right I give, to the ribs. I give you the victory. I give you the victory oh, yes. here in this segment. Uh, it, it was the first one but it left me like it left me it's like when you go to the roller coaster, you don't start off with the biggest ride in the park. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was an uphill battle for the other two to get up there. I appreciate <laughs> all the pitches, I'd love to see all three of them. Um so that's it for this week. I've enjoyed this episode, it's been fun. Um thank you all for coming in. Um you can follow us on Instagram at First Time Films. You can like us on Facebook at First Time Films. You cannot like us on Twitter at First Time Films, unfortunately. Nikki has not made the Twitter yet. Um, 
God rest his soul. Um, so <laughs> God, God, God rest big man. his soul. Yeah, God rest his soul. Um, so thank you very much for the first time to the first time films. We had Alana and we had Ian today. Hopefully we have you guys back eventually. Jack, you, Thanks will, be back. you will be back next time where we'll be exploring the complex plot and intense cinematography of Christopher Nolan's The Prestige. So oh. I can't wait for that, guys. We'll see you next. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Until then, cheerio. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks, cheers. Bye. <laughs>